Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Carly Montag. Carly Montag, how the hell are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being my first remote recording. I appreciate it. Such an honor. <laughs> and then where can people find you to do stand-up comedy normally in New York City, and where are they going to be able to find you in the meantime? Uh, normally, I run a show every Monday at a, a bar called Baby Grand in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. But we've just recently had our first virtual Zoom show last week, and we're hoping to do it every Monday. So check us out. Uh, isn't she funny on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, you can register and get the link for the Zoom. And so they can see that both live and after the fact by going to Isn't She Funny? Isn't She Funny, yep. And so, yeah, and then you also have a podcast with Emily Walsh. I do. Emily and I are co-hosts with it literally everything. We, we run our show together, and then uh, <laughs> we decide to start a podcast together uh, called Alone at Lunch. Uh, where we talk about we talk with comics or or other personalities about uh, just feeling like uh, the weird one out uh, and whatever that means for them. And uh, we've had uh, some good success with some great people so far, and we're looking forward to keeping it going. And you just kept it going remotely too. Yes, the uh, power of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it's it sounds like uh, we, we always had the hunch that Carly Montag was an essential worker and i guess new york agrees you finally figured out that man this, the great state of new york uh agrees that carly montag is essential <laughs> uh finally i've been waiting for someone <laughs> to call me essential for the my whole life uh i do i i'm very fortunate i'm actually i work at a hospital so uh i guess that's rather essential these days yeah and so i mean they're, they're probably taking every precaution you have people walking around like they're walking on the moon they got the personal protective equipment Absolutely. So we have to wear our masks at all times. And then when we see patients, we put on obviously gloves and we put on a face shield and depending on the patient, a gown as well, or sometimes we even double mask depending on the severity of the patient. Yeah. So initially, I think I saw somebody walking through Long Island City, just uh, just a normal dude. And he had uh, not only the, the mask, but the shield over it. So it sounds like that's par for the course, at least in hospitals. Yeah, I've I've recently um, heard, well, I think I knew this before, but it's come back to my attention that uh, this thing can really spread through your eyes, technically. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so uh, my mom just sent me a, a text the other day that was like, please wear glasses or goggles or something. And I was like, as if it's not bad enough. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I thank you for doing that because I, I have, uh, you know, a father who was just in the hospital and now that he's been discharged he has a series of professionals coming to his house oh, wow. to kind of to kind of check up on him and I think one you know some of them are occupational therapy um but one of them is not wearing a mask oh no don't let <laughs> yeah. them in <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so they were you know we there were some strongly worded emails and stuff and they were like well you know we'll tell him of course to wear a mask but also put a sign outside your door and feel free not to let him in yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, this is the very person who would spread it to because you know if you're working with, you know, ten people a day, chances are one person could have it, and uh, then you're going to spread it to your other nine patients. 
Absolutely. That's very unfortunate that that person did that. I'm yeah. uh, sorry on their behalf. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you're doing the, the right thing. And I'm so happy that um, I'm talking to an essential worker. Um, but but <laughs> you're when, you're not, <laughs> and when you're not working, it sounds like you are st staying busy with just binging everything under the sun. Like I asked you before we got on, you know, are you, oh, are you Netflix or Hulu or Amazon? You're like, yes, <laughs> Amazon, <laughs> Amazon and Hulu and Netflix. And so uh, it sounds like you are just all up to date. And even the Chris Delia special you recently took down. What was that like? Um, you know, I, I don't even think I've seen him before, but I've, I've been watching this show on Hulu called Alone Together, uh, and he has a role in it. And then so uh -huh. once I saw that he had a special, um, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And it's, it's very different than the, the character that he plays on the show, uh, uh -huh. his, his stage presence. So that was interesting to see. But he's definitely much more of a storyteller uh, than I am in my comedy. So it's always good to see different types he does a lot of weird voices and funny kind of gimmicks and um so it's uh he it was good i mean i enjoyed it i don't think i really like laughed out loud but i was entertained and and do you laugh at your own jokes like he does <laughs> he does he does do that that is so funny that you mentioned that because i i picked that up as well and i actually i think do laugh at my own jokes <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can yeah bring some extra laughter out of it by laughing at your own joke i mean it, you know if you have to do it it's it's uh it's you know it's it's pretty tough up there to uh to get laughs and stuff, so you got a couple laughs, you might as well string it out by laughing at your own joke, even if it means you're ridiculous. Like he, I think he explained why he does it. And he said something like, you know, pe you know, people talk to me about laughing at my own joke. And, and, and to me, it's just so ridiculous that people are paying me to get up there and talk about, you know, an ex-girlfriend <laughs> ex mistaking the color of my shirt. And so sometimes he's gigg giggling at the sheer uh, absurdity of it all that he gets paid to do that. Um, That's fair. Yeah, and I, I, turned I turned it off, actually, because his first... His first couple specials were great, and then he got on Comedians of the World and just did I don't know 15 minutes of an Australian accent, and it, that was awful too. And like, so the first two, yeah, first two were solid. Um, you know, kind of dipped because he was only doing 15 minutes for this Comedians of the World, but but he was up against some of the better comedians in the business, like worldwide. Right. You know, he was going up against you know May Martin and and some other just amazing comedians. You know, the May Martin uh, the May Martin sitcom on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, of course I saw it. Yeah. Oh, good. We'll also talk that about. That so I had hoped that his his special after Comedians of the World would be fine, but it's just like, no, I had to turn it off immediately. I think some of these people are, uh, you know, even the Mark Maron one was pretty recent, where I think they're just kind of, they're not starting as strong as they used to because they think they have the goodwill of the audience. Well, that's what I was, I was actually talking to another comedian honestly just like two days ago about this and i i don't i'm don't, not really familiar with um his earlier work and like the things that helped him to get to where he is today and I, I think he's very talented and i'm not saying i'm not nothing against crystalia or anybody who's made it in this business but i was just i was actually just wondering about what it like what is the the it factor that makes somebody get to a point where they do have netflix specials and they're famous and they're on tv shows like i think it's a lot of talent a lot of charisma a lot of who you know but I just was I was trying to pinpoint like what it was and and I couldn't really figure it out I mean he's he's you know handsome he he has a good energy about him so I don't know if maybe that helps as well but it was just funny that I, I was trying to figure out like what what are the what are the points that it takes to get to that level 
Right. And I think, you know, if you if you looked at the first couple of specials, you would realize that, yes, because he's a storyteller, it probably relied on the strength of the early stories that he actually polished and that were actually fairly funny. Um, so he probably, you know, not, not only is the, he, he has, you know, amazing hustle and he's a good looking dude. And um, but, you know, a couple of his stories were actually good at one point. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like he has to go out into the world and make things happen so he can tell about them. Oh, yeah, th that's the thing. And, and some of these people, like, they all start having the same stories, like even some of the better comics, you know, Eliza and Bill Burr and stuff, and they, they have the same Sarah McLaughlin, you know, ASPCA commercial stories because they're all on the road and they all see the same stupid commercial in the hotel room. and <laughs> or, or even like, you know, the same, they, they have to go to the gym all the time. So they all have the same joke about the big guy at the gym. Who yeah. you know he worked out all his muscles and he has all the muscles and meanwhile he works at a Verizon store and he doesn't use those muscles at all, and so um, yeah I think that at some point you know even the Eliza one recently was just a, just trash, like like Eliza Schlesinger or whatever her name is like I've loved you know four or five of her specials I mean they're just <laughs> she has yeah. so many specials oh and they're so I mean there's such quality to the point where I think it almost teaches me a man about women in general you know and it might be the wrong lessons but it's like oh, not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not only is that funny but um i'm kind of learning something about what's going on inside a woman during certain events like dating or or whatever but then the, the recent one was such trash that it just led me to believe she never worked it ever like she just she was like okay these are my fans and they'll laugh at whatever i say i don't it's need to possible. work this material yeah well that's like that um that french comedian i'm blanking on his name um the Gad um, guy, Gad, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Gad Amale. Um, how he came, he was so famous in in France uh, that he was like, I don't even know if jokes work anymore, that he came to America and like started, <clears throat> sorry, and started, I mean, not not 100% fresh. I mean, when you're famous, you're not going to start at an <laughs> open mic level. But, you know, he was he was definitely trying to figure out, make sure he still had that um, that ability to write good jokes and, and, you know, be as good as he is believed to be. So he came to America and like start, learned a whole new language just to, oh, oh my gosh. to see if his jokes would work. Well, you know, let it be said, you know, if he can do that, then somebody like Eliza can kind of work her material a little bit more. And that kind of leads me to, you know, it sounds like the recent, you know, I saw the recent Seinfeld, Seinfeld special and I was pleasantly surprised, but you couldn't bring yourself to watch it. What's kind of the, you know, what are your thoughts when you see a new Seinfeld special on Netflix? I, you know, I, 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 I have a hard time finding his humor, like laugh out loud funny. It's obviously very relatable. And, you know, you're like, oh, I thought that too. And you know what I mean? Like it, but I, I don't know. I feel like it, I guess it's, it takes it takes a special type of person to see things that everybody sees and find a new spin or a new point on it. And obviously, he's yeah. made a huge career on that. Um, and I mean, he's obviously a very, very funny and, and very gifted and talented. But I, I don't know. I just wasn't ready to to see. And what about this, huh? Like, uh, <laughs> I just wasn't ready to like let myself <laughs> be in that mindset. And maybe maybe, maybe some of it. Street is funny, right? <laughs> And I think that, you know, he doesn't really have, it's all very, uh, I don't know, cerebral. It's all like, it's not too much like somebody like Bill Burr or Kevin Hart can, br can bring a lot of emotion or energy to it. Whereas Seinfeld, it's more like it's all above the shoulders. I was like, oh, I was thinking this and then here's my thoughts. And it's like, I, yeah, I relate. It's a cool new way to think about that thing. But I don't, th I don't really think you care about it that much. 
Like, it just seems like when something has more emotion or more um, energy, it's, yeah, it could be laugh out loud funny. And so is some of that stuff making its way into your act? Like, how do you get people um, to laugh, just, you know, belly laughs? Me personally? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm mostly, I do very anecdotal uh, jokes. Um, so right now it's been, I'm ha really having to dive into my, <laughs> my personal life and my, the history of my <laughs> life since there's not much going on for me to talk about <laughs> besides I'm um, being, you know, working and I don't, I haven't really actually um, got, I don't really tell jokes about um, my day job as a, an essential worker. So maybe I'll have to switch that up, but um yeah, so mostly my my jokes are are stemming from like things that have happened in my life, my family, dating. Um, I mean, I have the honor of of being a gay comedian, or may I say, a comedian who happens to be gay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so I talk a lot about that and how that has played a, a role in my life, and I think that I try to make it as relatable as possible to obviously people who aren't um, gay, so that I'm not just like you know trying to direct my attention to one audience. But I think there's definitely something relatable in just the dynamics of having to figure out who you are and how to you know your role in your in life. And and I think um, that's where I found the most the most success is um, people being like, oh, that's so crazy that that happened to you because this also happened to me in a in a weird way. So. And what are some of the life, you know, I don't know, kind of the life events or transitions in a straight person's life where we might be able to say, oh, yeah, it was here where, like Carly Montag, I kind of found something. I had to figure myself out or I found out who I was. I think I think it's anything. I mean, even like even just basic dating. I mean, I started I started things off so late in life. I didn't really start dating like <laughs> until I was in my mid 20s. So okay. I think people can kind of relate to um, that feeling of just like um, uh, learning how to date for the first time. And I'm coming at it so late in life that people are like, oh, wow. Like when I did that, when I was a teenager, or I don't know. When do people date when they're five? I don't know what people date, but <laughs> how do real people do it? But they can kind of look back on their life and be like, oh, yeah, that did happen to me. I never really thought about it because I was young and, you know, going through life in, in a weird time. But now that she's talking about it so much later in life, like I can kind of reflect back on it. Um, also just, I mean, things like having to tell your parents difficult things. I mean, I, I, I mean, for me, it was coming out for, but for other people, it might be like if they, I don't know, um, broke something like a, or a gun accident or, you know, or, yeah. I mean, it may be very trivial, but just having, you know, having that dynamic with your parents and, and trying to, you know, be open with them about things and, and their, their reaction to things that you do in life, I think is very relatable. Um, I'm trying to think, but yeah, just yeah, like those are yeah, things. those are some great examples because I would love to, uh, as a straight person, I would love to learn, you know, how to deal with those things, especially because I, one of the more interesting things about me is that I haven't dated in decades. There we go. Yeah, and so how, how does one actually go out and and date if they you know haven't you know sounds like you waited till you were twenty two or whatever, kind of the the oh shit I have to date you know what are the steps that you took and what are the, some of the steps that you can recommend to people who are new to the market? Now is it that you haven't dated because you're like married or is it because? Oh no no not at all no I, I used okay. to um, I used to be pretty. Um, I think I peaked when I was about 18 and then my yeah. face, my face kind of fucked up to the point where I took myself out of the market. And then by the time I entered the market, it was like, I wasn't um, pulling the same that I used to <laughs> like, you know, back in the day, it was like, you know, the, the hottest girls in school, but you know, after, 
you know, you, you, you know, you let yourself go. It's like, I'm not, you know, even if I pulled myself back together, I wouldn't be getting the same kind of person that I used to get. And so I just kind of took myself out for so long. And there's a lot of benefits to doing so because you just don't have to, you can just kind of let yourself go and do whatever the fuck you like. But to people who are, you know, I guess, you know, maybe been in a relationship for a couple of years and they're trying to kind of go out there. What can you, what can you recommend? You know, what did the 22 year old Carly Montag, um, what did she kind of figure out was the right way to go? <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, people have nice personalities too. Um, they don't know. They don't all have to be good looking. So <laughs> I love that. also, if you're uh, if you're, if your standard is a, an 18 year old girl, I'm not sure how old you are, but it sounds like you might need to age yourself up a little bit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It would always be age, age appropriate, but just like, yeah. um, you know, um, but, if, yeah, somebody's been in a relationship for a couple of years, what would you recommend going out and doing? Well, um, I have the problem where I tend to, um, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, <laughs> I will have to curse on this thing. Oh, um, I, I, I tend to shit where I eat by accident. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I found that uh, the first person I ever dated was, um, was actually a supervisor of mine at, at my work. <laughs> wow. And then, and then I've been, and then I've, um, had the pleasure of um, dating and other comedians. So um, I tend to just wherever I <laughs> wherever people are, uh, are nearest to me is where I my pool is. So I, I have a I, I, I mean, I've been on dates and um, uh, with, you know, people who aren't in my in my field of, of work, but uh, I feel like I'm such a weirdo that people have to like get to know me and, and like a normal in like a typical sense. And then yeah. I can kind of I can kind of ease my way into like making it more flirtatious. Um, and and how, can, how can you do that if you're shitting where you eat? It's very dangerous, I would yeah. say. Um, you have to be very careful. I will, I definitely have burned some bridges uh, accidentally, but um, you know, it, it comes with the territory. I think that you have to just be open to the fact that, um, you know, it's, this is like, human nature I think is to just be uh having to deal with relationships that come and go and change and shift and I think if you're just open to that idea that um you know things can change from one minute to the next and and some things are going to go badly and some things are going to go really really great that if you just have that open mindset of just kind of like letting things take the course that they seem to be playing out um it, it seems like it's a pretty good um route or at least it's, it has been for me and um I will say that you know I definitely <laughs> sometimes walk down the street with uh with a little caution in my step just not really sure who I'm going to run into that day but um you know it keeps things more exciting you know why why not it's it's, it's boring to, to be hidden away I think that's a pretty healthy outlook and I thank you. And that's why I asked these things because my outlook is so unhealthy on these things. And so it, it sounds like Carly Montag shits where she eats and she's <laughs> a, 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 alone at lunch with Emily Walsh, but she's also, um, is, isn't she funny? And they can check these Zoom comedy shows every Monday. Every Monday, yes. Just follow us and register on Eventbrite so we can send you the link to the Zoom so that we don't get uh, Zoom, uh, Zoom attacked by... Zoom I, I love that. And I mean, of course, a comedian like Carly Montag could make a Zoom attack funny. <laughs> I try. But Carly Montag, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure.